to be joined today by a friend who admittedly I stalked on the internet for a very long while and that feels like something we get to admit because it's 2020 and then I had the pleasure of meeting in person at the Noonness retreat which feels like a long time ago now it was back in January and Em I'm so grateful for your time thanks for joining me today. Of course. I'm so glad we have met in person. So I know how wonderful you are in person and on this podcast. This is so fun. This is so fun. And I said just before we hit record that I love to riff on things on the podcast that we can't find out about you online. And this might be tricky because so much of your beautiful life does occur online. Oh, it does. (laughs) And you've done a beautiful job. You've done a beautiful job. And I want to know if we can dive right in, because time is so precious, how did you begin the journey of bringing M online and all of your gifts and the stories, the stories and sit-ups that you wanted to bring to the world? Yeah. How was that journey? Of course, of course. I, I said, ugh, too, because like that in and of itself is such a journey. I, you know, having your story defined for you in many ways, that's kind of how women especially handle, I wouldn't say, I think all humans do this, but we need to understand something, right? So I think when we get into the habit of kind of defining our story, defining our story, we so quickly trap ourselves into that story even more so. So I think being online has this whole other element of when we look at growth and personal development, sometimes our own box, which was so important in a place of our life and so defining. And also needed, we very quickly can outgrow it, but it's hard to outgrow it because we have our story so in print and in, you know, solid ground, which we consider the internet, which isn't solid at all. So that's where my mind went when I said, ugh, but I do feel very grateful for the opportunity to have, I just feel like I've listened to the universe and the universe has my back. And it was just a lot of doors that opened at a very young age. I remember being 19. I hadn't been on a plane. I never had been to another country. I hadn't even seen the ocean. I was living in a very small town in Missouri, kind of thought that I wanted my life to be a certain way and was in school to make that happen and very determined and then realized I had had no life experience. I had had no exposure to what the world had to offer. So I just started saying yes to everything. I, I became Yes Man, if you've seen that movie. And it really did, you know, that is something really important initially for many people just to try things and do things and get out of their comfort zone. But I became very addicted to that, which I learned pretty in the hard way years later. But it, then at that time was just so beautiful because it, my world blossomed and the universe responded in big ways. And I think I landed on a you know, a weird turn of events on a reality TV show. I was working at Starbucks and the casting director ended up getting a caramel macchiato and that's how it all happened. It was very bizarre. Again, just these kind of things that kept happening and doors open, but I didn't question. I just said yes, because I was antsy. I was ready. I was looking for something. And through that became very much thrown into the world of social media and knowing, you know, kind of my whole goal and my whole 
ethos is just be you, you know, as it changes, you be you, as you grow, you don't define yourself by what you were because you are growing, we're evolving. And so that evolution initially was, oh my gosh, I really hate who I see on TV. Like I did not like that person from the, from everything, you know, from the superficial things that I ended up growing out of, but still were so intense, hating who I was, hating my body, wishing it was going to be smaller, wishing I looked a different way, you know, all the things um, that so many of us struggle with that was spotlighted and hi highlighted on these, these TV shows and then digging into, okay, what's the bigger picture? What's the bigger answer? What is my calling? And so slowly and surely uh, became kind of this fell in love, I guess, for lack of a better word, for this amazing, tangible results that came from changing who you were from the inside out, from nutrition to the food you eat, to what's on your plate, to how you move your body, to how you talk about your body. Uh, so my career just really grew from that. And I, I just became obsessed with teaching people as I was learning. And that became, you know, some something that I still appreciate so much, but also really recognize that there's just, it was just layer after layer after layer, you know, starting with moving my body a certain way, then starting with eating a certain way, and then moving to understanding my own nutritional deficiencies, and now starting to understand the emotional components and the belief systems. And, and then, as we talked about before we hit record, what is our impact globally? What is our impact mm -hmm. that we can do? This is no longer me, me, me. It starts that way for sure, but then it needs to, at what point can we now flip that switch more than mm -hmm. ever that's needed, right? So it's just been a um, journey of lessons, I think, and, mm -hmm. you know, pivots, so many pivots, so many tried it, that didn't feel right, let's mm -hmm. try something else and mm -hmm. just constantly learning through that. Gosh, I just, I commend you and I, I pause, I'm in awe because the reality of saying yes time and time again, and then being willing to go through the layers of the work that might seem superficial, but as you said, I mean, when you work inside, you go from what's on my plate to what is my inner child trauma that I need to deal with that all yeah. will be reflected externally. And that's a lot of work. And it's really mm -hmm. easy to stop at what's on your plate and think like, if I'm eating enough broccoli, is that good enough? And <laughs> it's so cool that you've gotten to this place in life right now. I, you have a lifetime to, to keep digging. I know. And I think, you know, it's this total balance of impatience meets mm. you know, respect for the process, right? The process, mm. the process, the process, that's the biggest thing. It's like, it's, it's never going to feel enough. It's always evolving. It's always another layer you shed. And so I appreciate those breaths, you know, those days where you're like, woo, I made mm. it. You know, you're going to get over it the next day. It's like the, those, those days, you know, you just mm. appreciate them more and more every cycle and you hold on to them and you respect that even it's kind of the cycle of nature, right? The full moon days we look at and we revere, but we also know it will go away. And do yeah. we hate ourselves? The biggest work for me is not hating the waning, not hating mm. the, the level of, okay, <laughs> buckle up. We're doing it again because I asked for this life. I chose this life. Mm. I think in, in many ways I didn't choose it, but I was ready for it. it. It is mine to live. And so how do I do it with more grace for myself? Because can we actually have utmost grace for others if we don't? And that's mm. the lesson of like, 
wow, I'm just going to hold on to this good day a little bit more. And then it makes me a little bit more patient on those bad days a little bit more as well. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So true. Now this feels, this is not meant to feel surface and yet it is meant to feel juicy. And I was saying juicy, like a raspberry plump and right to it. And so if you were to say what was one thing that changed on your plate, one aspect of how you moved your body, one, it doesn't need to be the only one, but one that's made the a, a big difference or that you're like, this changed the course for me. Can you give us an example sort of through those layers for you, Em? Oh, for sure. I would love to. I think the biggest thing, I will say I'll, I'll keep it as short as I can with two things. The initial one was always the original fat is bad. I mean, I was mm. very low calorie. I hated fat. I didn't have egg yolks. I really, truly believed I was doing the best for my body through that and was just blindsided by this amount of information I did not know, mm. knowing that it was, you know, I felt fairly educated. I felt like I had been to some classes and I, I didn't understand why I had been so mistaught. I, that was the first time I felt so betrayed by the, the structures at which our nutritional guidelines um, are so heavily held by. Like it's, it was really eye-opening for me. So understanding, digging into, you know, the biggest thing for me is I'm a rebel. I want to, you know, kind of eat a certain way because I'm proud of it. Um, but I also don't want to be ruled by it and mm. I will rebel against things like diets and calories. And so I never could find something that worked. And so understanding that my lack of fat and la lack of nutritional, um, you know, density for lack of a better way of saying it was causing all these cravings, chocolate cravings, sugar cravings, mm -hmm. things that I felt so guilty about. Like, Oh, I have sugar cravings. I'm a horrible person. Mm. It's not my brain. It's my body and my cells desperate for something that I'm not giving it. And so that was a huge piece of understanding that path of, and it, you know, just if anything, can I help people, especially women with guilt, guilt, mm. guilt, guilt, right? From the basics of our plate all the way down to who we are as people, the number one thing we need to all work on more and it will be a lifelong journey. So mm. digging that and rooting that out in everything, but especially the food, like, can we start with food? And so that was a big one uh, for me and also understanding, you know, if next level, that was kind of the first step. And then the second step would be my genetics and who I am and my, my body, you know, what do I personally need with supplements that might actually make my cells be more optimal. And mm -hmm. so digging into that was really helpful. Like, Oh my God, like I feel extra crazy. Well, am I taking B vitamins? <laughs> and, and maybe that would help. And it does. And so mm -hmm. it kind of takes off the pressure when we hit these certain, you know, checkpoints of like, wow, I actually can be a better boss. I can be a better entrepreneur. I can be a better creator if I do focus on these things. So that was with food and nutrition and definitely 80% of the focus for anybody that I work with or my, and myself, like nothing matters without food and nutrition and that basic knowledge to empower yourself and access to, right? Not just education, but access. So that's the first one. That was a big juicy raspberry. And then the second one mm -hmm. with strength, I would say very much appreciating. I, I was not a small kid. You know, I had size... I, double the si foot size, double the quad size, double the height of everybody in my class until I was probably 17. And so I always felt so 
big. I felt so out of my body, so extra. And I write about this in a poem in my book of like how most of us that struggle with eating and movement, and it's because somehow we think we are out of place. We are too big. And so I took that and I, I was like, what can I do to stop trying to be smaller and be bigger and take up the space that I know that my body clearly wants to take and strength training provided that avenue for me in many ways. And so anytime I, you know, get into that place of I'm not capable or I'm doubting that I'm capable or I'm worried. There's just nothing that strength training can't fix (laughs) in Mm. my opinion. Well, it can be overdone, of course, but that was the main thing with moving my body of like, oh my God, I am strong. No matter what happens, no matter how I feel, I know that I am strong. And if zombie apocalypse, (laughs) you know, maybe it will happen in the next couple months. Like I I will be able to save people. Like I... (laughs) feel that strongness. And I want that to leach into every aspect of my life. And it does. And it's very, Mm. it's very obvious when I don't, when I'm not doing it, how that also leaches. So I think that would be the strength, strength raspberry. Mm, I like it. Now, speaking of strength, did you create a backpack or you're just a fan of (laughs) adding weight? Because even if you feel big, you like to add more weight to your workouts. Mm. Yes. So I created a backpack that converts into a weight training bag. And it was so fun because I was very hardcore CrossFit competing, Mm. you know, way too long, way too much ego, way too much everything. But about five years ago, when I stopped, it was because I was strength training and pushing my body way too much. And so I think you, and as an athlete, so many people can relate to this. It's like, we actually don't have a problem with moving. We have a problem with stopping. Mm. (laughs) And I felt very much like that could never be an issue, right? Movement is health. I'm a wellness expert. I'm a trainer. I'm a nutritional therapist. This is what I do. But then all, Mm. all I was doing was beating my body up and setting standards at which I was never able to satisfy. So I want to be better every day, but then at what point does that affect your psychology and saying, I'm never enough. And so we're trying on one hand, emotionally and spiritually to feel like enough. And yet our workouts are telling us we're not. And so I think that really pulled into this next phase in my life that I started about five years ago, understanding the, that wellness was very warped and very uh, misconstrued in my, to me in my head and my, what I was living and breathing was not what I wanted for the people that I was trying to change and affect. And so it happened by my body shutting down. I had incredible adrenal dysfunction. I was using way too much caffeine and pre-workouts and way too much everything, you know, just too much. And I had to stop. I had to reevaluate. This is where, where I got really obsessed with some more of this adrenal kind of herbal feminine energy flow that I clearly was missing in my life. And, and through that was understanding, like I actually miss working out barefoot in a park. Like, why don't I have the ability to do that? Why do I think that that's not enough? Why did that not feel like it's going to check the box of workouts? It's not intense enough. I'm not dead on the floor after (laughs) Is that what I expect, you know, like, is that health? And, and I had trained my brain to say that was, that was what I needed, but all I was doing was training my ego 
And so the MPAC became this beautiful, it was my first product, a backpack that converts to a weight training bag, uses water as weight. It was, I made it in a hotel room and it really became this obsession with product design and this world I had no idea I loved, but I clearly was meant to do in future things. But also it saved my life in many ways because I, I reconnected with who I was. I got barefoot. I got strong. I didn't have a timer for my work. Workouts. I was moving in the sunshine and connecting and traveling to places and not worrying about my gym, not worrying about all of these things that I had so much defined myself as of the workout person. And so that was something that it was, it was a product that represents some evolution. So I called it evolved motion. So I felt like that was very timely. <laughs> Appropriate. I mean, it's timely to have this conversation as we watch the fall from grace from CrossFit right. and and what a great reminder that, you know, it, it impacted you personally, and now it's on a much greater scale, and yeah. there's other options. And so the right. right things will continue to be born, and whether that was five years ago or, you know, five months from now, things continue to be born, and sadly, some things die as well. And I'm just like a quick note about that is like how much we can learn from this of mm. catching it before it happens. I mean, right. this was so obvious in so many ways, but the fact that it wasn't obvious is like, okay, where wasn't it obvious? And then those are the questions to ask in the future. And yeah. that's the learning that's from this is that, you know, we just have to be more transparent. And then we also have to be a little bit more demanding of like, you know, who we are supporting, where yeah. does our money go? Like totally. this, this was not, it should not have been a surprise, but it, since it is, it's very telling that we just need to ask better questions. Yeah. Well said. Absolutely. Um, I want to change gears because there, I have two questions that felt really important to ask you about. Yeah. And one is inspiration. And I think inspiration and motivation are a currency that are very easily overlooked or underappreciated. And it's easy you know, to look at someone like yourself, especially through the lens of Instagram and think that there's no bad days and there's no morning that you don't wake up and want to do all the things and tick all the boxes. And, mm -hmm. and whether that is true or not, it's more, where does the inspiration come from for you? And externally, is there anything that, that you find particularly inspiring? You mentioned, you know, sunshine and barefoot and being outside but I'm like, what nourishes your soul to keep your own fire blazing? Mm, that's such a great question. I think the first place my brain went, which I'll just follow is like, that's, it's not natural for me to take rest. It's not natural for me to yeah. re-nourish myself unless it's an active thing. So I kind of, I divided this in my book of like, do feel no. I'm a natural doer. So do, do, do. That's kind of what, you know, this action, this movement, this momentum that less is, less is worse and more is more. And <laughs> I lived in that for so long. And I think when I really started to understand that I myself was my own limiting factor, and I think that's what the trend is across all things for me, limiting factor in my results. So keeping it very superficial, clearly what I was doing was not working in my results, um, not seeing as much muscle definition or not seeing the results I wanted in the gym in performance, but then that can even go deeper. And as I started to build this business, 
wellness profile and having, you know, a few brands that all were in the wellness space, but all operating separately and through a team, it made me realize like, I am such a doer knowing that I like to push through walls in order to get things done but clearly the walls aren't coming down. Like I'm getting impatient. I'm getting burned out. I'm getting frustrated. I'm a generator from human design. If you are familiar with that, like I just am a work worker. I just love to go, go, go. And so when I realized like, this is not healthy again, just like kind of how the former workout programs I was doing was very clearly not in my best interest. I did the same thing in my personal life of like my relationship isn't doing well because I'm not communicating. Mm -hmm. I'm not a boss that facilitates creativity. I'm a boss that facilitates to-do lists. Like this is, this is not who, you know, if I look at my legacy or impact or whatever you want to call it, it's about the day-to-day interactions you have with the people who have your back no matter what. And I started to see some big gaps in who I was and what I wanted to build. And, and then it just started to understand like, okay, well, if I'm so obsessed with do, how do I, how do I get better at feel? And so for me, it's been two years of learning this word feel, what these feelings are, what, what am I pushing down? What am I not listening to? You know, everything that I feel that is negative, whether it's anxiety or pressure or my mind not racing. It's just a sign, just like anything else, like a stomach ache. It's a sign or symptom that there's some deeper work to be done. And so sometimes that looks like total nature hikes. I mean, I remember loving running without headphones. That was like a huge sign for me that I was like better at being in the moment. I didn't have anything to I didn't have to have an external force to like push me through something. It was just me being more present. Um, I take a lot of baths, like a lot of baths, like very, (laughs) so many. And I also like on my worst days, which they always happen, just like anyone, my worst days, instead of trying to push through that, I just accept it as is. And instead Mm -hmm. of, you know, there's so many times I'll have a bad day and I'll spend half of the day trying to understand why it was a bad day instead of just accepting it's a bad day. It's a hard day. There's, (laughs) I'm taking on other energy. I'm taking on other people's things. I'm Mm -hmm. handling a shit ton of things. Like, Mm -hmm. of course you're going to have a bad day. So a little bit more grace and acceptance of that, but then prevent it. Like, how do I prevent it? And for me, you know, my, my best days come from consistently always having a meditation practice of some sort, always having certain supplements in my system, because I know how quickly my brain can go from point A to point Z. Mm -hmm. And if I don't kind of monitor those spikes, I mean, we don't want to live on a roller coaster. You know, our goal is to find the middle. And so noticing, okay, there's a big increase in energy and a big drop, then clearly what was that big increase of energy? I need to delegate a little bit more. I need to understand where that energy got sucked. You know, whether it was people, whether it was job descriptions, whether it was things like Instagram, like what (laughs) is taking that energy and it is better served elsewhere. So I I just refuse to, I, I think it's mainly knowing your big picture, knowing your why, whatever that is, whether it's as an athlete or an entrepreneur or as a human, knowing kind of at least a direction of where you're going and knowing that I refuse to be the limiting factor. I have too many people mm-hmm. under me and too many people I want to provide for. And now even more than ever, too many ways that I directly can impact change that mm-hmm. I just know that's my purpose. It's just so much bigger than me. It's not mm-hmm. me. So doing these little things for a bigger cause makes it a little bit more, it's not 
if I have motivation or not, it's like, no, this is, I take this very seriously. This is my purpose. So it, that definitely pulls into making sure that those things are checked, even on the hardest days. Mm, Juicy. I know I said that when the timer hit time that I had to ask you one final question, but I have one question before that question. Of course. That is a 2020 goal. We said before we hit record, we can't believe that we're, you know, six months through this year. And, you know, as someone who really loves goals and is, you know, witnessing the crazy times that 2020 has been, can you share with us one juicy goal that you're up to for 2020 that you still feel is on the table? Oh, well, this one is so personal. Cause I think, gosh, I just went so many directions. Cause my 2020 goals very much are still, I've like, I've learned that I feel like in this, where we're at right now with these retrogrades, yeah. with what's happening with the climate all over the place, it's this ability to let truth come out. And I think that's at a personal level and at a global scale. So I think you know, looking at my word of the year, which is solitude, it's like allowing myself in the truest form to be unashamed and unapologetic and come out. And that is always going to directly help people as long as I'm doing it from love. And so kind of really personally, like focusing on like, what is my truth? What is my truth? Let it come out. And, And then with that, all the shadows that are attached to it that didn't allow it to come out now we can work through those. Now we take the time and dig through those stories that we told ourselves and the, the lies and the guilt and the fear. And so that's been like the personal goal. But I think that kind of shifted even more so. Like this, this is so important. Like I really hope this is the, the biggest thing we learned in our history books for our kids or our grandkids or whatever. It's like this is a moment of true impact at a big scale. And so what is my direct role in that? And I, I feel so blessed that I can start to understand it's not, again, it's not just about the business or the company or the direct team. It's about how are we providing internships, scholarships, opportunities, and accessibility for the community that is so badly needing it. And I think that that really, if anything, shifted pretty substantially and now even more so Mm. that pulled into the culture and the purpose and the why for every employee, for every person, for the growth. And that, that momentum is unstoppable when it's really coming from love, when it's really coming from the place of we can do better and we will do better. I mean, I just can't imagine what's going to happen in six months. You know, it's like that started, that light happened. And now it's like, game time. Let's get to work. You know, I have so much to learn, but we have so much we can do. So let's, let's do it. Oh, amen. Here's to doing. Absolutely. Um, we wrap with the final question and that is what is currently making your heart beat faster? Well, that kind of did just there. (laughs) I know. I was like, do we have something? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, for me, um, just looking at, I think, Again, and not granted, there's lots of things that I am still working on that I think are important, but it, it they feel so silly now, you know, like that's the thing I think all of us are experiencing is like, what is the impact of me individually yeah. in a bigger way? Like everything else feels so silly. So for me, I, I see this amazing opportunity especially when it comes to my history of working on Instagram and understanding the psychology of self-promotion. 
and the world and culture that we live in, especially in America, maybe other places as well, but not feeling like there is a place for young women, kids, teenagers, entrepreneurs to see growth outside of monetizing their image. And I think that's the thing that makes me the most excited based on my past of feeling like I went through it. I see it. I have a weird perspective of it, but also like, why isn't there more people talking about this? And it's just, it's going to come out eventually of seeing some of these long-term effects of social media usage and in general tech issues, but setting girls up, specifically teenage and college girls for success to do their own thing, to Mm -hmm. be able to do their best creation, their best work and, and doing it in a way that is really impactful and really healthy and really sustainable. And so that is what the long-term goal is with all of the things, the brands that we have. It's like, we have this avenue through scholarships and internships and even, even just overall education of like, there's, there's, there's something here. So that's what's, what's really been in my, it's not fully formed obviously, but that's um, very much the direction we're headed. It's coming. It's coming, coming. (laughs) Gosh. And we'll make sure that in the show notes below, there are links to all of the places that we can find both you online and the work that you're generously creating and continuing to cultivate for the world. And you are nothing short of wildly inspiring. And it's super (laughs) cool that you continue to make the choice to show up and to show up online. And I miss your videos. You can post your workout videos anytime. (laughs) And just thanks for taking this time. I, I really appreciate it. And I'm cheering for you. May 2020 be the year of the juiciest solitude possible. Thank you, Steph. I appreciate you. And literally like just such a joy to be around and you're spreading Mm. goodness. So thank you. You too, sister. Here we go. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) 